Drew and Jonathan Scott here to tell you that American Family Insurance wants to protect your dreams. So whether you're at home singing in the shower, every note, or prefer singing your heart out in the car like Drew, cruising, you can save up to 23% when you bundle your home and auto insurance with American Family Insurance. Get a quote or find an agent at amfam.com. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All hit radio. Welcome to the X Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, and I have to start off this segment by saying happy birthday, Canada. Canada is now officially 141 years old. Actually, no, let me rephrase that. 141 years young. And I'll tell you, it's great to be a Canadian. Canada is the Rocky Mountains. Canada is Prince Edward Island. Canada is the country made for love. Canada is I'd like to welcome all our affiliates now to this hour, the year, the hour that turns Canada, my home country, 141 years young. So no matter where you are, whether you're a Canadian that is stationed across in the Middle East, maybe you're a pilot flying somewhere, maybe you're on a ship in the middle of the Caribbean, and you're celebrating the birthday of Canada right now, right this very minute, from to Canada, from everyone in the Exo Nation, happy birthday, Canada. one 877 is toll-free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii. And my name is Rob McConnell, and this is the Exo Radio Show on the Talkstar Radio Network, live from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. On this hour, I'm going to be joined shortly by Dr. Nick, by Dr. Nick Begich. We're going to be talking about... Everything from controlling the human mind to angels don't play this harp, and much more. On this day, by the way, Dan Aykroyd is celebrating his 56th birthday, 
And uh, yeah, it was on this day in 1929. I mean, besides being Canada's birthday, the cartoon character Popeye was born. You know, and spinach growers everywhere were rejoiced. And also in the, on this date in 1963, the U.S. Postal Service introduced the zip code. Oh, my gosh. Where did July come from? Well, add up today's date. 07 plus 1 equals 8. Interesting, huh? I still can't figure out why my staff gave me that one. Makes no sense. <laughs> uh, let me see. Liv Tyler turns 31 today. And also today, this is, by the way, July the 1st, begins Hot Dog Month. Uh, did you realize that the number of hot dogs American eat every year is 20 billion? The number of hot dogs that an average um, American eats every year is, uh, is equal to, you know, is 70. An American eats 70 hot dogs a year. And if you took uh, those hot dogs and laid them end-to-end, -end, the number of times they would circle the Earth at the equator is 27. Uh, the year that Frankfurt, Germany claims the Frankfurt was invented is 1487. So there you go, some hot dog facts. When I come back from this two-minute commercial break, Dr. Nick Begich joins me here in the X-Zone. And once again, to Canada, a very happy birthday from everyone here at the X-Zone and the X-Zone Nation. Take a step back in time and discover old Florida cuisine at Marsh Landing Restaurant in Felsmere. Enjoy delicacies such as frog legs, gator tail, catfish, and swamp cabbage, or enjoy the more traditional cuisine like hand-cut Angus steaks, ribs, and seafood. Join us for breakfast with a southern flair featuring sweet potato pancakes, biscuits and gravy, and much more. Planning a party? Marsh Landing's private dining room can accommodate groups from 8 to 80 people. While you're visiting, enjoy the historic pictures, artifacts, and stories that line the walls. Marsh Landing is truly a unique experience. Marsh Landing Restaurant, 44 North Broadway in historic Felsmere. Or visit marshlandingrestaurant.com. Marsh Landing, old Florida cuisine at its best. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. Are you interested in the paranormal, ghosts, UFOs, or psychic phenomenon? 
Join me, Tim Bartley, co-host of Talking to Spirits with Lightworkers Tim and Justina, coming mid-January 2017 to the XZBN. We will channel spirits live and talk to them, revealing all kinds of amazing information. Spiritual attachments will be found and removed on the show, and so much more. To find out when you can listen to Talking to Spirits with Lightworkers Tim and Justina, visit www.xzbn.net for listeners on both sides of the veil. There's a great Canadian band, April Wine, and Laura and I were fortunate enough to uh, watch them last night at uh, Hamilton's Festival of Friends. They uh, they were the uh, grand finale act, and what a great show that was. We were also fortunate enough to uh, see another group that's well-known in Canada called The Spoons. It was a great day, and uh, to all the organizers of the Festival of Friends here in Hamilton, Ontario, job well done. One eight seven seven five two eight eight two five five toll free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii. My name is Rob McConnell. My guest this hour is Dr. Nick Begich. And uh, Nick, welcome back to the X Zone. How are you, and how are things up in Alaska? Well, it's it's great actually. We're having a really nice day uh, just north of Anchorage today. We've had a little bad weather and a, a really cold summer here um, after uh, being spoiled the last few years. So. Um, that's kind of the bad news, but it's bright and sunny uh, even as we're speaking right now. Nick, um, I was watching a, a special on Discovery Channel the other day, and um, they were talking about the increase in popular belief that the masses are under extensive mind control. Well, I, you know, I wouldn't necessarily dis- disagree with that on a lot of different uh, different levels. And the most prevalent, and I guess the simplest thing, uh, is is just the general use of fear, which of course we see quite a bit these yes. days. Whether it's uh, terrorism, our Social Security checks, or our retirements, our, our home mortgages. I mean, if you look across the spectrum, just that level of fear alone uh, causes actually the, the brain to fall into patterns that. Uh, won't allow you to reach higher states of consciousness, those kinds of states that uh, lend themselves to good decision-making, uh, as well as our most creative um, uh, problem-solving sort of capacities of the brain. So fear you know, pretty much predominates as sort of a basic method, but much more sophisticated methods have also been developed over the years. Such as? Well, uh, when you go back uh, historically, and, and the, what we did is we sort of looked at the history of this, going back to hypnosis starting at Harvard University back in the... 1920s, they had a um, a guy named Estabrooks that was heavily involved in the idea of um, creating a super spy. And mm-hmm. his idea was that you could take someone down. In fact, he did this uh, on many occasions, um, according to his you know to his his own uh, words and own work later in, in life. But what he did is he took people into a very deep state of hypnosis, and then over nine to ten months could program into that individual sort of a second personality or a split personality, where one would have full knowledge of one uh, sort of the existence of the other, and the other would have no knowledge. So you could send this uh, new personality into, say, a foreign country. They could act as a spy, and if, got, if they got captured, uh, they wouldn't be able to tell you anything. And he actually um, developed this uh, series of techniques. They were classified by the mid-30s, uh, but he went on and, and published a lot of things in this area. started to begin to sort of resurface. You didn't hear much about it until around the Korean War, and then after the Korean War, 
many will remember uh, returning prisoners of war that were exhibiting very bizarre behavior, handing out communist leaflets on street corners and so on. And the phrase brainwashing was sort of coined. And that's when uh, our government became even more aggressively involved in, in the research, started looking at ways to manipulate the brain, and uh, the CIA and uh, military intelligence groups began to work in this area. In fact, CIA had 104, I think it was 149 sub-projects under one general program called MKUltra, where they were using chemical means mm-hmm. as well as other means yes. for manipulating uh, human behavior. In fact, and that's sort uh, some of the beginning of the, of the big sort of notorious side of it all. In fact, uh, some of the experiments under MKUltra occurred at McGill University's uh, Royal Victoria Hospital. That's or the correct. Allen Memorial That's under correct. you and Cameron, yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, Cameron actually, uh, as sort of a surrogate for the CIA in, in Canada, you know, doing that work, I think Canadians were some of the only uh, victims that ever got settled with, you yes. know, actually got some form of compensation. Uh, here in the United States, there was one case that got compensated, and it was um, a, a CIA uh, employee that, that was... Uh, I guess dropped out of a building in New York is the way the story goes. But but in any case, the the idea was the CIA thought they could create um, a lot of potentials. And they were looking at two sort of sides of the equation. They were looking at enhancing uh, human potentials as well as you know what could you learn about how to degrade a human being you know by manipulating the brain or behavior uh, itself. And this you know this subject as it as it continues. Uh, to, to gain a lot of uh, a lot of currency in this century, even the the Air Force uh, has a open RFP a request for proposal that doesn't close until September 2009. Uh, in this in this subject area, looking for better ways to interfere with human behavior, utilizing electromagnetic fields as as an example. Mm-hmm. The the Navy just revised their human experiment uh, protocols, and in 2006, November that year, issued new ones where the undersecretary of, of uh, the Navy, in their work, in, in mind control areas, has to, has to approve that, the undersecretary. And that's actually right in their own regulation. You know, so the work goes on, and the idea was, again, enhancing human performance or degrading it or ultimately controlling the human operator. Nick, if these techniques are available, why would the CIA have to resort to waterboarding to get confessions out of prisoners? Well, I think there's probably a lot more than that going on. Uh, and, you know, and I don't think we've heard the, but the very beginnings of that. And we may not hear the rest of the story until the Republicans are out of office and uh, the Democrats are, are in charge. And if they're not in charge at the end of this election cycle, we may never know. Uh, but I would suggest that in all of these instances, much more than waterboarding uh, was used. And, and when you look at the history of uh, what what has been developed in the past, uh, there's, I would expect that they would certainly use it. You know, they'll go back to the Vietnam War even, where we captured a device uh, called the Lida machine. It was spelled L-I-D-A, and it was a Russian device that was used for putting uh, prisoners of war in trance-like states so the North Vietnamese could interrogate them more readily. And it was just using things like uh, flickering light uh, that would create an entrainment where the the optic nerve sort of sort of transfers that energy in, and that pulse rate of the light causes the brain to entrain in a very specific way that puts you into a much more relaxed um, kind of state, sort of a semi-trance-like state. And these kinds of psychic driving are, are relatively easily achieved by either flickering light. Uh, certain um, arrangements of sound can create these effects as well as a pulsed microwave. Almost any pulsed 
signal, if um, oscillated in just the right way, can couple with the human body, couple with the mind in such a way as to cause significant chemical changes and thereby behavioral changes within the human body. And so you can use any number of carriers. In fact, there was a great article that was published in the U.S. Army uh, uh, College Quarterly back in 1998, and it was called The Mind Has No Firewalls, and it described all the different ways you could carry a signal in using radio, TV, Internet, even the power grid that surrounds, you know, surrounds us all the time by just being able to know enough to oscillate a signal that could change behaviors over a large segment of the population of those in contact with those kinds of signals. I was reading an article where Exxon has actually devised a system that would use the Earth's elect electromagnetic field as a carrier for communications. Right. And, uh, in fact, there was um, work done uh, by the, in this area long, long ago. So, you know, you can go back to Tesla's ideas yeah. in this area. You know, that was his whole idea was to use the um, magnetic fields and the natural oscillations of planets, not just transfer communications, but also energy uh, and everything else. And it was thought to be something you could do without any uh, appreciable, what we would call line loss or loss for the, in the transmission itself of the energy. In fact, it might even gain energy if you understood it enough, yeah. where you could sort of capitalize on what was already here naturally. It wasn't energy out of nowhere. It was just recognizing sort of how to plug into the system that already exists. Let's go to our phones. We have Nola Lee from Wyoming who is joining us now. Hi, Nola Lee. How are you tonight? Hi. Thanks for having him on. Oh, it's my great pleasure. Okay. Uh, first question, how many uh, countries now have this technology? Um, in terms of... of Influencing human behavior, I think all of the uh, sophisticated governments do by no, now. Hark. I mean, it's in psychology classes, even they explain frequency following responses, the kinds of things I'm describing now. So it's pretty common knowledge. I would expect every sophisticated government. Um, and then even some not so sophisticated would have access to it. I, I believe Nola Lee was talking about HARP, uh, Nick. Uh, uh, HARP is um, probably, uh, you have to look at the European uh, Union uh, through the IZICAT system, Canada, United States, uh, Russia, uh, China as well now uh, has such systems. And there's probably others because they're essentially phased arrays that they're able to manipulate these, these antenna arrays in, in, in a unique fashion to manipulate sort of natural energy or being able to manipulate the ionosphere in, in other cases or the magnetic field lines that surround the earth um, is is another case depending on how they utilize the, the harp array or arrays like harp okay thank you very much thank you You're for welcome. calling Nolan lee take care of yourself and have a happy fourth uh, of july one eight seven seven five two eight eight two five five is toll free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii. Doctor Nick Begich is our special guest, and uh, Nick, uh, when it comes to this new technology that Exxon is t is tapping into, where do you see this when it, when we're looking at the uh, at the um, ways in which the human mind can be manipulated or controlled? Well, I, I would like to see a lot more information on it. You know, the Earth has a natural oscillation. This is kind of interesting. You know, Schumann's resonance, which is um, about 7.83 hertz or pulses per second, is the natural oscillation of the Earth, um, recognized by uh, Schumann back in the early 1950s in Munich. And what we also know is that's the ideal sort of state. It's the lower end of the alpha range, what we would call in, uh, in terms of our consciousness, sort of when we're in the zone or in that place where just everything sort of clicks right in yeah. uh, where you want it. And 
And that's the natural oscillation of the planet. So when you think about amplifying that, that's probably not a bad idea. Uh, but when you look at what we are doing, we surround ourselves with not that, but in this country, 60 cycles or 60 hertz, which is an agitating frequency, and that's our power grid. So we start with that, and then we start layering that with lots of other forms of um, electromagnetic radiation that interact with one another and then create um, all kinds of complexities in those signals. In fact, I would suggest that that's probably leading uh, to a lot of what we're seeing uh, in, in terms of human health issues, uh, as well as maybe what we're seeing in some of these other anomalous phenomena as we increase that sort of um, spectrum that we live in. Dr. Nick, please stand by. You and I have to take a commercial break. We'll be back after the news. Our special guest this hour, Exonation, is Dr. Nick Begich. Two websites, www.earthpulse.com and www.layinstitute.org. Dr. Nick will be taking your calls at 1-877-528-8255 as the Exxon continues from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Happy birthday, Canada. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Welcome back to the Exxon, everyone, and this portion of the Exxon is being brought to you by Amira Soul Mystic, Master Clairvoyant Healer and Spiritual Teacher. And if you'd like more information on Amira, or maybe you would like to uh, find out about the sacred travel trip to Egypt that she is organizing for this November, her toll-free number is 1-800-659-6796. That's 1-800-659-6796. Or you can visit Amira online at www.soulmystic.com. My guest this hour is Dr. Nick Begich. We're talking about uh, mind control. We've talked about MK Ultra. And uh, Nick, what is the truth behind the movie The Manchurian Candidate? Well, you know, actually, this is um, what Estabrooks was getting at, which was this earlier investigator. And I think it, it, he just didn't know there was such a film. You know, it didn't exist when he was doing the work until right. much later. But it parallels exactly. In fact, there was a couple of organizations. Um, that ran a lot of parallel programs. You know, the CIA utilized universities, they utilized, you know, university research programs, as well as 
um, independent uh, organizations that were set up essentially to look at what mavericks were doing in various areas of science. And the areas which really overlapped was their uh, investigations into the paranormal uh, at the same time. In fact, we have hundreds of pages that were released by the Defense Intelligence Agency posted on our website that deal with the Eastern Bloc work uh, in this area. And I think when you look at the mind control issues, there were really two sides to the coin, and everyone always focuses sort of on the Manchurian candidate component, which was certainly there and, and shows up well in the literature. Mm-hmm. But the other side was, um, you know, sort of what, you know, what else could you do? And I think what they found, and in fact uh, many, many would bear me out on this, was they found these greater potentials that humans had. And I think that's what really... If you want to talk about frightening the military, I mean, think of things like telepathy as a security risk. I mean, consider That's that right. in the uh, um, hyperactive environment that we're living in today. And the mm-hmm. one thing that mitigates it, that stops it right off the bat, that potential uh, is to elevate the fear levels, where then those you know higher sensitivities don't kick in. But actually, on some level, they probably do. There was some work done by researchers in the mid-'80s where they were able to demonstrate in the lab uh, the effectiveness of telepathy by as really just a uh, d- the discovery of sort of the transmission system and what they were able to do in the lab was send a signal from one room to another with nine test subjects with no experience in this area at all were able to interpret you know the psychic cards where they have the triangles and the squares and the squiggly lines the center cards right with a hundred percent accuracy and the work was done by elizabeth rauscher and bill bice back in nineteen eighty five and these are Folks that, um, you know, Bill has passed away a couple years ago. Elizabeth uh, is still alive and a, and a good friend. And, and this work they demonstrated within a laboratory environment. And I, I have a copy of the paper. was never published in scientific quarters, but Elizabeth, you know, she worked at Berkeley as a professor in consciousness studies. She has a, a Ph.D. in physics, uh, astrophysics and biophysics. Um, brilliant, brilliant person. And there were several people in this area, and the one thing that comes out of all of them um, was this was the side that the military became more concerned with, this sort of um, this hyper uh, side of our brain, the part that we don't always plug into except in very rare occasions. At least that's how we, how we believe and consequently how it sort of happens. Where does remote viewing fit into this uh, formula? Well, I think all of that, you know, the CIA spent, by their own admission, at one point I think it was $23 million in those programs, and it was the same idea of saying, well, you know, wouldn't that be the ultimate? Again, it's looking at ways to uh, spy, um, ways to interfere, uh, telekinesis, the same thing, the idea of moving things, in other words, being able to transfer maybe across uh, boundaries and through security systems in a way that, you know, would otherwise be uh, not perceptible. And that's where a lot of this science um, was going, you know, in terms of the research. Where it ended up, you know, a lot of it, you know, was scrapped, but other things uh, became, you know, compelling and ongoing. I mean, you've got now the electromagnetic directorate of the Air Force. They published an article called Controlled Effects in June 2004 in um, Technology Horizons, which is an Air Force publication. The cover uh, story was Controlled Effects, the idea of, of duplicating sight, taste, smell, touch, all the five basic senses. Um, so you would have complete uh, artificial memory sets, if you will. I mean, can you imagine being able to uh, create that kind of change in an individual or a population and what you might be able to do with that? And that's Unreal. where this is going. What about the theory, Nick, that the uh, that thought and matter, well, uh, I'm sorry, thought and 
energy could actually be transmitted by the DNA and received by DNA. Yeah, I, I, I can see that. In fact, um, the book uh, I wrote, Controlling the Human Mind, has a section that really explains sort of the underlying mechanisms, the biological mechanisms, that explain if you have basic biology or basic uh, electronics, you'll get it, you know, and it's about sort of how that works. And what we did, it, it took me 28, 28 years uh, to actually get it down to something that I felt comfortable enough would an average person could read it, including me, okay, and say, okay, I understand what this means. And the controlling the human mind, the idea of manipulating it for nefarious purposes has certainly always been out there. But the exciting, the most, the most exciting and perhaps the, most, uh, the biggest theft of the government in this area is what they learned about enhancing our capacities as human beings. Because, you know, when you think about the basic... Uh, law, uh, the, the, the idea of in physics where you know the observer actually manipulates um, what you observe. You know, in terms of the quantum physics of, of how things are constructed. Is it a particle or is it a wave? You know, we're sort of inter interceding in that, and that tells us a lot about our creative capacity as human beings. The other thing is the amount of computing power uh, that we actually have, and, and most of us fail to recognize is we are literally each of us a quantum computer. And by way of analogy. A supercomputer today, the fastest computer in the world, you take three of them and string them together, and you can get only one neuron firing map of the brain, of a human brain. One neuron firing uh, chain as it fires through, you can map it in three dimensions with three supercomputers. One of those, in one second, does what 6.6 .6 billion people with hand calculators, making a calculation for 60 hours every five seconds, um, what, what it would take, that computer does in one second. A quantum computer, now think about this. Think about those 6.6 .6 billion people working those computers and picture them doing it for a trillion years. Oh and a quantum computer can do it in one hour. And that's what you and I are. And that's when you start to think about that possibility, then things change in terms of how we see the world. And I think that's where um, sort of our belief systems and how it interacts with matter and how that interacts with energy on a very fundamental level is becoming maybe better understood, or at least being attempted to be understood, and then put into play. And mind control ultimately, I think, leads to that. What should be done to protect us against negative use of mind control, Nick? Well, I think this is the biggest challenge. In fact, um, The Economist in 2002 had a cover story on the, on the, on the ethics of mind control, it was, uh, and that was what it said, you know, the cover of The Economist, mind control. And what they were saying is the same thing, is we really need um, to recognize that governments are dabbling in this area. We were able to take enough evidence into the European Parliament back in the 90s. We testified in a hearing in 1998 on, on HARP and on non-lethal weapons, which included these. And we demonstrated uh, a couple of things. And the European Parliament actually passed a resolution. It was their resolution A40005 forward slash 99, and it says... In Section 27, it called for an international convention introducing a global ban on all developments and deployments of weapons which might enable any form of manipulation of human beings. And it's a political sort of statement uh, in, that, in that quote. And this was part of the biggest security and disarmament resolution they have ever passed in their, in their history. And I think governments are starting to take the issue on. And after this, there were some studies done. Uh, a lot of our work and others' work was quoted there, and what they are essentially starting to do is try to maneuver that into that area where you might actually have some treaty dialogue. And 
eventually that's where this goes. Because when you think about manipulating the human mind, I mean, think about basic freedoms, at least in the United States, that we sort of take for granted is this idea of assembly and speech and freedom yes. of religion. And all those are sort of presupposed uh, freedom of thought. I mean, this is the 1984 we never wanted to see uh, happening, <laughs> so it's a little late. Um, it's the same concept, and only it's on a much more technically evolved um, backdrop. There was a, another researcher in Canada at, at Laurentian uh, University. I'm trying to remember um, his name. He did Michael a lot of work. Pers- with Mag- Michael Persinger. Yeah, and did yeah. a lot of work with magnetic uh, fields. Yeah. Uh, he did a little bit of work for the CIA in, in this area. In 1995, he published a paper that said essentially if you could ever create a signal that you could broadcast broadly enough, oscillate over a large enough area, you know, you could manipulate behavior uh, of large segments of the population, which sort of echoed things that were said by uh, J.F. Gordon MacDonald at UCLA back in the 60s. And when you look at HARP and what we did with that whole area, you see the biggest uh, ionospheric oscillator ever envisioned that can do exactly that, either as a deliberate effect or a side effect. And we're not talking about you know, transferring like specific thoughts, but a general emotional states where you go from perhaps lethargic as a general trend in a population to highly agitated um, or even riotous. In 1997, I was part of a BBC special called Contact, and uh, Michael Persinger was one of the guests that we had on the show. And in that uh, in that show, he actually demonstrated how he could, using a, he had a, a football cap that was fitted with electrodes, right, and he could actually direct the information of smell into the person who was wearing that that football helmet. Right, and he was using, I think, more uh, like uh, solenoids, but nonetheless, it was exactly that, by being able to trigger certain parts of the brain to create certain effects. And through trial and error, you know, he figured out quite a a bit, and it was quite brilliant, and, and, you know, I have to say, and there are several researchers in this area, and each of them kind of taking a different tact on it from Mm -hmm. the direction in which they approach their research, but the cumulative effect of that knowledge is a greater understanding of the modeling of the brain, which then is therein lies the temptation uh, to do it better for you. You know, and and even, you know, you go back historically and, you know, people get into this. There was actually a guy, Delgado, which many have read about, but his book um, uh, was uh, Physical Control of the Mind that everybody references. And the subtitle was Towards the Psycho-Civilized Society, something people usually don't uh, think too much about. And he was a guy in the in the 60s uh, that later figured out how to do this with radio frequency energy in the 80s, where he was using one fiftieth of what the Earth naturally produces in terms of volume or density of energy. Which is, I mean, we we as human beings produce 200 million times more uh, than the Earth produces. So this is just like a little grain of sand on the beach, if you if you want to look at it from that perspective. And that was enough to trigger someone from a passive state to an aggressive state, on and off like a light switch, by just having the right oscillations that the body and mind can identify with. Just like a radio receiver ignores all the signals except those uh, germane uh, to it as you, you know, switch through the dials sure. until you get that station in resonance with the transmitter and receiver. I often wonder... I often wonder if there's any sort of subliminal messages that are being put into these these video games that the kids are playing these days. 
Well, you can do it in a lot of ways, and you don't have to do it so overtly. Like in the old days, they would flash words, although that can be very effective. The Russians call it the 25th frame effect. In fact, it could be easily spread through computers, through viruses and such, um, that kind of thing. But the other thing you can do is just by oscillating the field, you can create a certain um, sort of trance-like relaxed state, or you can do it with a television commercial. Within the first 20, 30 seconds, people can be put into almost a semi-trance state. If you ever watch people come home from work exhausted, which was sort of the first rule, get tired and exhausted, relaxed to begin with, Mm -hmm. you kick down really fast, and then the overt words, just the ad itself, um, anchors extraordinarily effectively. And when most people ride the fence on most issues, that's all it takes to kick you over the top. And so it's perfectly legal. There's no restriction on it, uh, none that I've ever seen in any uh, legislation. Although subliminals would be restricted, uh, the oscillation itself, nope, no legislation. It's like the Internet. When it wasn't um, regulated and still in a lot of parts of the world, is just beginning to be regulated. You can harass somebody by mail or by telephone, but not by the Internet because there was yeah. no code. Same is true here. Dr. Nick, please stand by. Dr. Nick Begich is our special guest, www.earthpulse.com and www.leeinstitute.org. In the next hour, Ellie Marzulli joins us as the Exxon continues live and around the world from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name's Rob McConnell. We'll be back right after this break. Don't go away now. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Hi, I'm Larry Lawson, host of Paranormal Stakeout. With over 36 years in law enforcement, I have learned a few things. The most important is the proper gathering and preservation of evidence is vital to putting the bad guy behind bars. It's no different in the world of paranormal investigation. Whether it's the search for the afterlife, cryptozoology, UFOs, and extraterrestrials, how we gather the evidence, preserve that evidence, and present it to a jury of our peers will make the ultimate difference in proving the existence of worlds and entities that are beyond our imagination. Join me, Larry Lawson, every week on Paranormal Stakeout when, along with my guests, we'll take a journey to prove with indisputable evidence what man has struggled to believe for centuries. Go to xzbn.net for the broadcast schedule and check me out at paranormalstakeout.com. healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. 
A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. Welcome back to the Exxon on the Talkstar Radio Network, one 877 is toll-free. Our special guest this hour, Dr. Nick Begich, and his websites are www.earthpulse.com and www.layinstitute.org. Nick, what about implant technology, new surveillance technologies, and how are these going to figure into the mind control issue? Well, you know, the, the idea of requiring an implant is, is not even necessary, you know, at this point. I, I think that's a, a whole different issue. It's really about tracking populations generally, and everyone who has a cell phone is already sort of participating exactly. in the program, <laughs> whether they know it or not. Of course, uh, when it was sold to the public, it was um, in place of sort of 911, you know, when you call from a, a hard line or a landline, you know, they can figure out where you are, and so they required that in most of the new cell phones, so they're manufactured with GPS built in. And GPS is thought to be a convenience, and so people generally accepted it. Uh, you'll start to see the microcircuits, of course, have, re- have reduced in size and increased in power, and that's the big thing because you can store more information in a smaller and smaller space. Where this is going to play in is imagine every single thing in your home uh, for instance, having a unique tag. Now, it's not like a barcode, which just kind of tells you, hey, this is a book and this is how much it costs. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, this is something more than that. It says this is a book, this is how much it costs, and this is book number 1,632, you know. So it's very specific. So are so, we talking about RFIDs here? Yes. And so when you walk into, um, say, a, say, a home in, in the future, what you'll be able to do is your IRS authorities could go in and say, well, this is your complete inventory, you know, with the wave of a wand, if you will. And when you start to think about tracking um, individuals, you know, through your purchases where your RFIDs are literally tagged to your credit card, to your check, to generally most, very little is done in cash anymore. As a consequence, then that becomes sort of a a tag to you that's unique, but it's not necessarily under your skin. So I think we're already seeing some of that. There were some new technologies for readers that will allow you to read uh, RFIDs up to um, a kilometer away, which sort of kills the security idea. The other place is they're planning to put these in currencies for tracking currency. So then when you go to the bank and get your money and you go spend it at business A, throughout the economy, as things move from place to place, the money is, is traceable. And this will be, of course, for security. And because it's gotten so cheap, but again, it tracks uniquely to you because it always comes back to you know, it's individuals that, that transact goods and money and services, whether you have a tag uh, in your toe or not. Nick, I want to thank you very much for joining us. Always a great pleasure. Please come back soon and uh, share with us some more of the great concepts that you have. And uh, thanks very much for being there for us. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. Anytime you want me back, just give me a holler. We'll get it scheduled. you got a deal. Thanks very much, Nick. Take care of yourself, and happy Fourth of July. One eight seven seven five two eight eight two five five is toll free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii. When I come back from the news at the top of the hour, Ellie Marzuli will be joining me for politics, prophecy, and the paranormal as the Exxon continues live and around the world right here on the Talk Star Radio Network. Happy birthday, Canada! <laughs> 